Hello everyone and welcome to Beyond the INC, the podcast that is planning to rock down to Electric Avenue before joining with some of its friends to take it higher. This time it's another special episode, aren't you lucky? We're continuing with our series of special Night Train podcasts to celebrate the release of Keane's new 8-track EP. So we'd like to advise you to stop for a minute, turn down your house lights and stop looking back because you've got to help yourself and tune on in. Yeah, because you know that the... um the clear skies and the... Um, I think that's the... enough now, Andrew. Okay, okay. So, for the next in our special Night Train series, we spoke to Richard and Tim about the background to their first major EP release, from recording on the road to working with Japanese and Somali pop stars. This is what they had to say about the Night Train. Beyond the Hi, Chris. Hi, Richard. How are you? I'm all right. That's such a, a rubbish interview question, isn't it? You must every interview must. Start I tend like to that. try and breeze past that mm. one in interviews. To be honest, I'm trying to be snappier these days. We we waffle a lot. We used to waffle an awful lot, and uh, I'm going to prove that by doing it. Um, now, a while um, a while back, um, when you were um, sadly unable to come in um, because of the snow and, yep. and everything, despite a, gen- a genuine willingness to come in and uh, and chat. That's right. Um, the um, we were given a copy of uh, uh, the EP. That is were you very soon? Great. Um, uh, is that okay for us to say, Beth? <laughs> cool. I was hoping that you would have heard it because it, you know, gives you a bit more background knowledge on on what it's like. Yeah. I'm, I hesitate to ask, but what do you think of it? <laughs> I'm interviewing well, you now. <laughs> well, we have some notes. Um, <laughs> we have detailed notes. <laughs> No, Sit down and shut up. It's it's very good. Thank you very much. Um, but that's one of the contract <laughs> conditions uh, established. <laughs> but um, no, it really is good, and I think we would have if if there were some issues with it, we would have put it very delicately and said, "Well, you know, it's a progression. <laughs> it's something new." Make a note of this because then we'll we'll know the signs. Put that on the poster. It's. Uh, <laughs> It's an interesting change of direction, but no, I, I think we both, I, you know, speak for us both. It's, it's a uh, yeah. There's there's a nice sort of contrast of it, a few different sort of styles and things. I think that it's kind of so that you're back in the faint praise territory now. It's yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I appreciate that because it isn't an album in a conventional mm-hmm. way, and there isn't, you know, this sort of all recorded. At, you know, there, if you record everything in the same place at the same time, there tends to be. A consistency, even if the songs are different, yeah. there's a consistency of sound or of, you know, even if it's just, you know, the vocal, you know, where Tom's vocals are or whatever, you know, there's a consistency. Whereas this is made over, you know, a year or so in literally all corners of the earth. And um, it's, you know, I'm, it's not meant to be consistent. It's, it, it, there was no plan. I was doing some interviews today and people keep asking, oh, what was the plan when making this? And, there, there wasn't a plan making it. It just happened. You know, we recorded some songs, and then at the end, we realised we had enough to release some, and um, that's like the end of the the sort of story, really. Tim, from a writer's perspective, is there any kind of theme to the record? I wouldn't. I think one of the nice things about it is that there isn't a theme, um, sort of within it, uh, or not consciously anyway. I, funny enough, I haven't really 
the only time I sat down and listened to the whole thing together is when I was just checking the the sort of final master version down. Um, so it's I, I, that's one of the things I liked about it, and and another thing that doesn't that makes it slightly distinct from a, a normal Keen album is that it's it's not it wasn't made of any sense of cohesion. You know, it's, there's no um, it, the, the songs are sort of all written at different times in different places and. And they're, you know, kind of quite wildly different in in styles as well, I suppose. So, you know, I actually really like that, and I, I think that sort of hodgepodge of ideas is what makes it a really charming thing. Um, but I, I think if the the theme that ties it together for me, you know, sort of in my heart is the is that it was all rec- the way it was made and the way it was recorded, you know, and it has this sense of being a kind of travel log, I suppose. And it makes me when I hear the songs, it makes me think of the the places where we recorded them, the different cities and, you know, the people that we met and, and uh, you know, I guess just hanging out and having fun together and making music together and that that is a kind of a theme in itself, I suppose. It, there's no sort of co- consistent or coherent theme between between the things you maybe you've got the couple of canine tracks which are you know obviously have the the same sort of the same sort of vibe to them and then yep. the other tracks which are you know are clearly from a different sort of time and space um and is is that part of why you you perhaps didn't you know you could have quite easily found maybe two or three extra tracks or you know booked some time or you know banged out a couple of extra extra things to pad it out to a, to an album or yeah, we could have done. I mean, obviously, there's Sovereign Light Cafe that we were playing live, you know, towards the end of the mm. tour, and there there was one other track, wasn't there, that we recorded and didn't end up putting on. Didn't we hold one back? There was another one, wasn't there? Yeah, because we had we had an. I'm pretty sure we had another one, and then yeah, I mean, it would have been we could have made it into another album, but it it wasn't made with that intention, and you know we we didn't want to go out on the road for 18 months supporting it because we've mm. just come back from being on the road for 18 months supporting the previous one and you know we wanted a bit of time at home so um we just i think in america they might be calling it an album but it is definitely sort of an ep and uh it's just there's so many possibilities with the the internet you know releasing things on usb sticks or you know getting you know giving away free downloads or whatever there are so many different possibilities and bands always talk about them but very few bands seem to take advantage of the fact that you can basically just release stuff without too much fanfare Mm. um some bands do but there was an interview with um i think it was with liam gallagher recently where he was sort of saying how disappointed he was in oasis's sort of total output over you know the the decade yeah. and more that they've been around and saying he, how he wished they'd been able to release more material and in a way i guess we're just at the turning point now where it, it is easy to release material even if you're not then gonna tour it and even if it's just for the fans only i mean radiohead used to do it with things like the iron lung ep and you know it, it is possible to just throw stuff out there and that's mm. there's basically not much more thinking to it than that so tim is there is there much stuff left over from the from the perfect symmetry sessions or is this all mostly new stuff from the road or um i think is it back in time was one that from you know quite a while ago now back in time is 
is a really old idea that um that I basically never finished writing um and uh it's just one of those things that you know like every couple of years we someone would sort of stumble across a demo and go oh, um, you know we should try and finish that at some point and normally we say that and then you know nothing ever happens but it was uh I don't know for some again you know we just seem to be actually doing getting things done for once in our in our lives which is nice and we just yeah got in the studio and this, the song still wasn't finished I was still writing it sort of while Richard was doing the drums so it was, again is a fun way of doing stuff it's quite old school to be to say right you know just play 16 bars of stuff in there and we'll you know I'll, I'll go next door and write a melody and you know it's a much more loose thing in it and I don't think it had any kind of um, bad effects on the music I think you know really it's the other way it's a, a much more kind of improvisational approach is that a word? I don't know but uh, yeah it's there's a and also because we were under a lot of not under time pressure but we just didn't have a lot of time to to, to keep tweaking stuff and fiddling around endlessly with you know different variations on things mm-hmm. you just had to kind of commit stuff and it was uh yeah that in itself i think is a is a is a nice way of doing things and it's a you you just it's a, it's a good feeling just to get stuff done quickly and move on i suppose and and i i think the the music is all the better for it Canon, Canon. I mean, you you can tell us how best to say his name. It's... We we all say it differently. I, I call him Canon, but um, um his, I think his first name is Keenan. Um, so I think that's where it comes from. Keenan, Keenan. Yeah, Keen and Keenan. Um, so let's say you've you know you you hear the 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 lead track off the EP. I think oh you know he sounds sounds pretty good. I you know I'd love to hear some of the material. And you go out and try and buy a copy of Troubadour that came out start of last year it's um it's been taken off sale in the uk yeah it's been taken i think it's actually been taken off sale um worldwide because there's this song waving flags that's Mm. being used as the sort of anthem of the the football world cup and um i think it's it's basically going to be re-released later in the year i don't know when the world cup is but it's right it's It's soon so so his record's gonna and and they're making a video that sort of links into the World Cup now. He said he was travelling around the world doing, you know, scenes mm. in different countries. And uh, so, I mean, that makes sense. But you can still get the Dusty Foot Philosopher, which is a great album. And that was the album that got us into his music. You know, the, that song, Struggling, which is just... I think that was the thing that Tom first mentioned. The first time I'd heard of Kanon was when Tom mentioned that track as one of his songs of the year in an interview a couple of years back, I think it was. And um, that was basically what got me into, um, you know, his music. Mm. So you're saying you don't think the Night Train's going to be a one-off then? Can you see yourself working in this sort of way in, again in the future? Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of fun doing it and going into studios while we've been on tour is something Tim's done for a long time Mm. I mean obviously writing our second album a lot of that was done on the road and there'd be days when he was just in the back of a tour bus while Tom and I were off doing interviews and or or days off when he found studios I mean I think the first that studio we recorded in in Paris the the studio de la Grande Armée I think it was called um, was a place that Tim had been just to do some songwriting on a 
a previous occasion and that's how we sort of found out about it so um yeah doing doing this kind of thing is definitely um something we could do again i mean tim i was down at tim's studio the other day and um you know it we basically will well i ended up playing some drums on a couple of things that you know that have have not been released or heard about or whatever and and that's you know that was just something that we happened to end up doing i didn't go down there to play the drums i just went down there to see him and tom and uh ended up playing the drums on on a couple of songs and that's you know that's just sort of the way we are really and so yeah of course it, it could definitely happen again I think the spontaneous the spontaneity rather of, of recording like that adds something to it or yeah and doing it in a quite a relaxed way um there's um you know it, you can get quite tied up in the process of oh this is for you know this is for the album got to go in and got to nail it and whatever you, you can it can get a little add a little bit of tension to recording sometimes and i think we're we're at our best when things are just most natural and most relaxed and um when we're almost kind of winging it really i mean things like that largo show we really didn't know what we were going to do until we got there and you know john bryan went upstairs and brought down all these instruments and we're like oh well we could use that for this and this for that and we you know we were looking at the set list trying to remember what we were supposed to be doing while we were playing the show and you know that relaxed side of what we do i think has has really come out on this ep so that that definitely is is a fun thing to do I mean, there are a few collaborations as well with other artists. Um, can you tell us how that that came around with, you know, um, was it MC Tigra and obviously Kanan? Yeah, I mean, the Kanan thing, he just um, had had mentioned Keen in an interview, I think, and and obviously Tom, like I said before. So, um, yeah, we just... He, we knew he was coming to London to do a bit of promo, so we asked if he, you know, we, you know, he was coming. I think he was playing a show or two, so we just said, "Do you want to come a couple of days earlier and, you know, get get in the studio for a couple of days?" So that's what we did. And with um, MC Tagara, it was a bit different. Um, we haven't actually met her. Um, it's a pretty strange sort of virtual futuristic way of making music um, because we've never met but we um, we got in touch with I think we got in touch with the Yellow Magic Orchestra because they we, we wanted to make sure that they didn't mind what we were doing to their song you know <laughs> murdering their song um, and we needed a Japanese vocalist so um, we sort of said you know we've got this list of people you know um, and that included you know MC Tagara and um she um and obviously they I think they thought that she was you know she would be great on it and and so it proved cool so you're just sort of basically emailing files back and forward then and then yeah she was recorded um in the offices of Cherry Tree Records by our A&R man Martin Kitzenbaum who um yeah he he just recorded her vocal there basically with i think with an engineer so uh and then it was emailed around you know around the globe it's pretty cool that you can do that yeah that is kind of adds to the spontaneity then if you don't even have to be in the same room yeah and also we didn't really know what we were going to get so it was you know <laughs> it wasn't one of those things where we could sit there and go oh can you do it a bit more you know tom york or whatever you know <laughs> just i'm just imagining tom york singing in japanese <laughs> i'd quite like to hear that you should have gone to him first. <laughs> we should have done. Do you speak Japanese? 
I'm sure he does. Actually, not speaking a language is no bar to being recorded in that language, as uh, you know, as we've proved. This is true. Didn't um, you do a German song? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. A German keen song. Yeah, we. Yeah. <laughs> Well, basically, we we uh, copied and pasted the lyrics into Google Translate and just sang whatever <laughs> it produced. So we didn't exactly check the that thing it was accurate. Is, the thing is, like quite a lot of um, we had a couple of emails from people in in well, one one in Austria, one in Germany, who were quite offended that we would <laughs> why um, that, you know that just they, at your use of their language. Well, they thought we were trying to send them up. We thought we were just trying to send up the the German language and said that you know to to anti-German you know our our anti-German um, attitude was deplorable or you know words to that effect. So do you think we've offended everyone in France and anywhere that speaks French mm. by doing that burning heart in French? I, I wouldn't like to say. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> well, I, I think you're absolved of blame. You just drummed. I mean, you know, that's... Yeah. I mean, it was just done over the top of what we Exactly. Your, your drumming was perfectly, you know, that didn't offend the French. You're drumming in a French studio anyway, so... This is true. Yeah, it was yeah, French to start with. That is very true. I hadn't thought about that. No, I, I like the French version of Black Burning Heart. I'm glad it's. Um, I'm glad we found something good to do with it. We talked about that for quite a while, didn't we? With with Tim about doing different different language versions of songs. That 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 was how we came to do the German version of. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I can't remember. It wasn't. I don't think it was our finest moment. But there we go. Well, it was only. I, th- I think the piano playing was the uh, the let let the side down. To be honest. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, yeah, this sorry. is the last podcast from Andrew and Chris. Um, yeah, They've sorry, fallen what, what out. Were we talking Artistic about? differences. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good. There's quite a few books that um, you'd say were, were unfilmable. Um, just trying to think of an example. American Psycho, they said that was unfilmable. Would you say that the EP in many ways is unperformable? Um, That's a very good question. I was wondering where the hell that was going. Um, I uh, yeah, possibly. Although I remember Tim and I went to see you two back on. The, I think it was back in their Zoo TV tour when they had a video and audio version of Lou Reed duet, duetting with Bono every night. Um, and um, so I wonder if there's a way of kind of flying in a video version of and of Kanon to sort of sync with what we're doing or mm. a video version of MC Tigara doing you know doing their vocals but otherwise um although Tom does a very good impression of Kanon so <laughs> which he, d- he has done to his face um, well, that, that's okay as long as so those, uh... maybe um it's kind of humorous um but he, yeah, he, isn't he supposed to be doing impressions? Like some, didn't he say years ago he promised he'd do some impressions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so um, maybe that's another way. It's it's a good point though because we've got the forest talk coming up, and um, you know that that issue of how how to play the song that's going to be on the radio, if anything is on the radio, um, is is an interesting one that we haven't really got our heads around yet, mm. but. That's, you know, you, you can't worry about that stuff when you're just choosing a song to go on the, you know, to be yeah, a single yeah, or whatever. You just can't worry about that. You know, we're hoping we might get Kane on over for a few for a TV show or two um, at some point, but we'll just have to see. He's so busy because of the World Cup thing. You know, we'll we'll just see. 
you know, we we worked with him before the so- his song was picked for the World Cup, so I'm sure it will, you know, the fact that he's going to be much more famous because of it. So, you know, maybe more people will be interested to hear it. Who knows? Mm. It's a good song. Hopefully people will just hear it and think, oh, that's a good song. Well, I think there's also the... Um, there's, there's other songs, not just the collaborations, but I, I don't know about you, Chris, but how I, I couldn't imagine your love um, being done live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it is true that there, it is definitely different as an EP in that respect yeah I mean the, most of the there have always been songs on Keen Records that are sort of less suited to playing live you know like Untitled One or mm. B-sides like Fly To Me which we have tried playing live but it just doesn't really work it's more of a sort of vibe than a you know it, and it's like five minutes long it just gets really it, it seems to not work live like it does on record so mm. um yeah, it's it's true. I hadn't really thought about that. Shit, what are we going to do? <laughs> Beth hasn't got any answers. Working. <laughs> She's working on it. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you could always draft Tim in to, to do the, the vo- rap and vocals. I'm sure he could do that. That's true. Did he write them, actually? That's something yeah. we wanted to ask. Is, is that... No, the bits... Um, no, those were written by Kanan in the studio I mean he's a very talented man he just showed up and you know the songs were sort of half written and but we you know deliberately leaving spaces Mm -hmm. for Kanan to basically take wherever he wanted and so that's what he did whereabouts did you did you record the the stuff with Kanan was that here in London it was in London a place called The Pool which is down near Elephant and Castle well it's quite an interesting studio it was the first time we went there it was an open plan studio so everything the mixing desk and everything was in the same room as the drums and you know there weren't booths and isolation and and all that which was a really was actually a really fun thing to do so when i was playing the drums everyone was just in the room and you know the engineer couldn't really hear what had been recorded till you know i stopped and then he played it back it's quite a cool thing it's quite sort of old-fashioned in a way and the when when you know canon comes out with his uh you know it's his his whatever he's written um his words his his flow um let's say you don't like it what do you what do you you know what do you do well we um we definitely talked things through um and but we you know we did like it so we we didn't really have to worry about that um but yeah he was um he basically got the engineer to put the sections on a loop and he for for literally an hour he was just sitting there running things through in his head coming up with what he was gonna sing and um and then when he got it down he just went over to the microphone and did it and it was pretty amazing to see actually he just worked very hard and came up with you know i mean he'd heard the songs before so i guess Mm. he'd had some ideas Mm. i mean the thing i really noticed about them is it doesn't feel like oh it's a keen song and then there's you know it's a rap over the top of it or anything it does feel like quite an integral part of the of the song it feels definitely feels like collaboration not just a yeah. So I I was quite um I was interested to see what it would sound like because I think a lot of people um particularly very sort of quite cynical people would would look at um the version of Lost that Coldplay did with Jay-Z. Right. Um, cuz you know I think no matter what you do you're always going to end up being compared back to them because people are lazy. Um but in that case you basically had a um a, a song which was already fully formed and you just had Jay-Z turn up and do a rap over the top which mm-hmm. Um, I think I think he'd actually you know it's one of these things that he'd done before 
you know it wasn't you know written especially to go with the to go with the the song whereas in this case you've got um uh it's it's not just not just sort of one sort of section of rapping there's the you know there's all sorts of contributions throughout the song there's the is it the bridge where they swap don't they first yeah they swap bridge, verses course, and bridges and, yeah. And, yeah um and you know it's clear that it's there's an involvement throughout the the song um uh, this 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 uh, no it's it's I, I can't remember where this was going it is it, well I I, th- I mean the vibe that I'm getting from you is that you think it fits well you know and mm. w- and so as a collaboration it's more than just dropping in a vocal yeah. or a, a pre-recorded piece just into a you know a 16 bar gap or whatever um, which is true he's a very musical guy I mean his records when you listen to them do have singing on them rather than just rapping you know it's um you know he is a songwriter as well you know and so musically i think it was a really good you know collaboration and it and it was you know genuinely you know each of us contributing so you know that's i don't know it i think we were just very lucky that it worked like that but mm. then you know we like him because he's very musical and i guess he likes keen because you know he likes the the style of the song so it yeah. just you know it just worked it was it was lucky yeah I do quite often see a lot of negativity um, on, uh, actually, uh, often on the, the comments that people leave on the website, less, less so than on the forums, but particularly on the, the comments that people leave on the um, on the website about the fact that you're working with somebody who is a a rapper, a hip hop artist, um, that a lot of people aren't prepared to give, basically not prepared to give it a chance. It's like, you know, I I love your music, but I can't believe you're working with. Uh, a, a rapper basically um, I don't like hip hop therefore I won't like this song yeah I, I won't like I won't like the rap songs but I'm interested in hearing you know your love or, or whatever um, how do you feel about that well I, I I think it's very difficult to know what you're going to like um, until you've heard it unless you're a journalist in which case it's very easy to know that something's going to be bad or good before you've heard it um so, I don't know. I guess those people need to just train in journalism, then they'll get the skills to... Uh, <laughs> um, no, I don't know. What would I say to someone who thinks they're not going to like it? I'd say have a listen to it, and, and if you don't like it, that's that's okay. You don't have to like everything that every artist ever does, you know. But that you know, w- one of the things that you're going to get with Keen is, is a variety that you might not get with every band out there. So, you know, hopefully if you don't like this you'll like some of the other songs on it and if you don't then maybe you'll like the next record and if you don't then you know maybe you know hopes and fears is what you know keen has given you but that's that's fine mm. don't worry about it don't feel bad <laughs> it's okay if we do go back to night train i think what what some people will love to to hear is that the one song they've heard off this the cp is my shadow yes um, I think Chris, I, I don't know. We, we've pretty much we've agreed on like our favorite, our favorite sort of bits of this the EP. That um, my shadow is probably the weakest track on the EP. Fuck you! <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It was just a joke. I, as soon as I said that, Beth looked up as well. I know. Um, and that is that's, Beth that's, loves that's, that that's a uh, that's a that's a relative thing to say because um, the rest of the EP is so strong that well, okay, we're, nice we're, we're, we're we're accepting the the opening track, which is. 
Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the wow, really? The, the truth is out. There's a few contenders, really. <laughs> <laughs> this took off. We, we don't I like the first track or the last track. Zone or. Now, yeah. <laughs> the uh, you know the first you know the first track is sort of you know it's because it's an instrumental. I think people you know. Well, it's an opener. What, what, why? Yeah, it exactly. That's 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 really what I'm saying. And also, I think the, the the yeah. idea of that track is to try and. I mean, the idea of including it is almost as a sort of for for anyone who came to see us last, you know, on the last touring cycle. Basically, the I, I like the idea of them hearing that and you know, and then suddenly being thrown back to the gig that they went yeah. to, and you know, that's the idea of of including that. And mm. you know, for me, that's a really you know an interesting thing to do. I think it's the opening of Back in Time so harsh that yeah. you couldn't go straight in with that. It were, yeah, you'd, it's one where you need the stereo to be at the right volume but when it comes on or yeah. you're going to hurt your ears. Yeah, I love that song, Back in Time. I, th- I keep saying to everyone it should be the theme to the next Bond film because I, th- I think there's something quite sort of epic and almost sort of almost muse-like in its um, yeah. in Definitely. that sort Definitely of muse-like. middle section, which, I, which I'm really proud of. Yeah, I really like that. Actually, we could go. Um, should we go track by track then? I mean, that was quite a good, you know, sure. introduction to house house lights. So, you know, what are your what are your thoughts on back in time? Apart from the Bond like sort of thing. Well, I just think it's a really great song, and it's you know, I think it, to be honest, I I think it would be if this was an album, then it would be the second single or whatever. You know, I I I love it, but um, I think it's going to be really fun to play live. It really rocks, and uh, you know, that's uh, I don't know. It's probably my favourite song on there after Stop for a Minute. Um, speaking of, of Stop for a Minute, um, w- was it was it a hard decision for that to be the, the lead track? Or I think when we first recorded the song that had the rocky sort of sample in it, um, we thought, which, you know, will forever be known as the rocky song... Um, Tim didn't realise it was the, the the rocky sort of <laughs> sample he wrote. He thought he'd written it, and then <laughs> and then he'd sort of mocked it up in Logic and and you know got it going. And then he played it to someone, and they were like, "Oh, it's really cool that you used the rocky thing." And he was like, "What rocky thing?" <laughs> uh, which I find hard to believe, but is apparently true. Um, so yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, stop for a minute. Were we talking about stop for a minute? Yeah. What's yeah. my thoughts on it? I, was it hard to make it the single? No. It just. I think it really. It's just incredibly catchy, basically, which mm. makes it a good sort of single, really. Yeah. There's um, I don't know. There's there's sort of there's there's quite a lot to it. The you know because you've got the 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 trading of chorus and um not the chorus cor- uh, the trading of verse and bridge. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yes. Yeah. No, the the opening sort of very uh. You know, because Tom, Tom, you know, comes straight in. It's yeah. It does. It feels like the most naturally pop song that you've you've released. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. It's definitely incredibly catchy, and yeah, I, th- I think that's true. Which is pretty remarkable when you consider that it is a collaboration with a Somalian rapper. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what's next? Clear, clear skies. Clear skies. Blimey. Um, you need to do these kind of things with Tim. He's much more intelligent <laughs> than I am. Um, Tell us yeah. about the drumming on it. Oh, God. There's a cowbell in there. <laughs> There's, yeah, it's cowbell in there. Mm. Is that the one that Tim did? I can't remember. Beth doesn't know. I can't remember. 
Where did we do it? No, he he did that one mainly in the computer, I think. Didn't he? Was it? That was more... I didn't do any drums in Copenhagen. I think Tim just did the drums in in Logic. I don't think I had anything to so do with that. So you had nothing to do with... No, but it's really guys. good. <laughs> <laughs> I my memory is so awful for <laughs> things like that. I, when you see the Beatles anthology or something, you sort of think, how can you possibly remember all this detail? I mm. can't, you know, but I know, I know that people do, but I'm just not one of those people. <laughs> Yeah, it's got quite that sort of tom, tommy beat, sort of round the toms, and then yeah, it's amazing what you can do with without a drum kit. And do you th- do you think that's um, you you could listen to it and think you know that that would have been completely different if I'd been working on it? I don't know. I because quite often Tim will sometimes his songs are quite complete when they're demoed, and that and that would have been the case with that. There wasn't really any need for me to play the drums on it because it was already mm. basically there. Um, and but sometimes it's just a you know a piano and vocal thing that's demoed. So it just depends. Um, it, yeah, I mean it would have been a bit different, but with the vibe of the whole EP, it was very much you know if this you know this is good, let's you know leave it like that you know rather than getting too. You can get too tangled up in the detail. Yeah, the minutiae of trying yeah. to polish things, you know, over polish. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you've already told us a little bit about um, uh, you've got to what's the Japanese Ishindenshin Ishindenshin I think Um, it's yeah I mean it's a yellow magic orchestra Uh, Tim and Jesse went to see them when they played somewhere on the south bank I think uh, a a little while Mm. back and uh, they came back raving about it and uh, so it's actually quite hard to find the original or at least it was. I don't know if it's any easier now. Um, There's a video on YouTube, actually. Yeah, um, that was where we got the, the bit that we played. Right. But it's it's really interesting. I loved singing the backing vocals. We did those in Copenhagen. Um, and uh, it's it's weirdly off-tempo. It's, it's sort of everything lazily sort of behind the beat. And it's really hard to sing because of that you really have to concentrate so hard to sing it and it's a really layered vocal uh in the choruses where we're all doing the harmonies and uh yes so it feels like it's really simple but it's one of those things that sounds simple but isn't and so it's you know it's a classic sort of pop trick i think Mm. to and it just gets in your head I, i i don't know and i i love the japanese vocals i just think there's so many random things that if you'd have told us, you know, while we were recording Hopes and Fears that we'd be releasing stuff like this, you know, I think we would have struggled to believe it. It has got a bit of, not novelty, but it's got a bit of, you know, everything you could possibly kind of want in it. Yeah. Are you are you intrigued to see how, I mean, a track like that, how that's going to go down with, you know, your natural detractors? <laughs> Our natural detractors, <laughs> the people who inevitably hate everything we do. Um, no, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's it's weird because you know, with everything we do, you sort of feel like you know you you pick up a, a few fans and you lose a few fans, perhaps you know to to not you know not intentionally, but you know some people aren't going to like it, you know going to like some things and other things, and that's fine. But yeah, I, I honestly I I just I think people will like it if they're if they're open to liking it, and if mm. they're not, then they won't. And you know maybe they will in twenty years' time. 
you know, when they revisit it, ironically or something. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Who knows? Um, your love. Uh, has, has, has Tim said anything about that in the other interviews? Beth Beth would l- barely let him talk about anything to do with the EP in December because right. it was so far away. I think Oh, okay. No, no, no. That was clear skies, and then Tim ah, Tim said that Beth told him don't t- don't tell don't say anything about clear skies. And the very first thing Tim said <laughs> was, I, "I've just finished uh, clear skies." Right. Um. So sorry. Which one were we on? Uh, your love. Your love. Um. Yeah, it's um. I don't know. It's that for me. I I really do enjoy that. I th- wasn't Tom saying that was his favourite one on the whole. Track on the whole thing, probably because he was sat watching it and didn't have to do anything. Yeah, but the, you know that was interesting because I think the intention always was for Tom to go and sing it, and um, but then we listened to it so many times, just um, with Tim singing it. You know, it just seemed to work. So, um, it, yeah, it was that just a scratch vocal then, just demo vocal, and not the f- not a final take? I think he, I think he. It wasn't a, a sort of a demo as such. I think he had tried to do it justice, hmm. but at the same time, it was always going to be Tom singing it. So um, yeah, I, th- I mean, I love it. I I love that you know that there's a, a lead vocal by Tim. You know, again, it's it's just something different, and you know, we haven't had a lead vocal from him since Sunshine's verses mm. or is it verses in sunshine or yeah bits yeah so you know more about keen than i do <laughs> <laughs> i'm in it there's, there's not many people actually know that 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 is tim that did or at least these days you know yeah because it, it just sounds so similar to tom in the verses yeah and, yeah. yeah and it's quite a sort of it's so know, softly spoken soft, yeah exactly yeah written on the guitar as well that one yeah um Oh yeah, looking back next. Looking back, yeah, that's you know the. I can't believe that no one's really used the Rocky theme in a song before. Yeah, but I thought that that was basically the catchiest song Tim would ever write. I mean, that's been it's been around for quite a long time. He wrote that quite a long time ago. Yeah. Um, it wasn't specifically written for the Canine yeah. Sessions, but in a way, it was one of the things that first made us think, oh, you know, this would be great for a collaboration. Before the germ of the yeah. idea had really. You know that was like that was the start of it. So yeah, it, um, it popped up in the the Under the Iron Sea, uh, the making of Under the Iron Sea, when there was sort of a list of um, list of songs that um, Tim was working on, and there was Barcelona song that you guys are good Crystal, Crystal Ball. Um, God, what else was on there? Um, maybe I can change. I think was in that list. There's yeah. all, all sorts of these things that were. Have we ever released board. that? Yeah, that's that's no, a B side to yeah. it's one of the Under the Iron Sea singles. <laughs> um, God. Um, and yeah, um, looking back was in that in that list yeah. of, uh, in that list of songs. So it's obviously been yeah, it's it been was around a, a little song, while. So it was obviously uh, you know reasonably <laughs> you know reasonably high up the agenda. Yeah. Well, um, it's just one of those things that I think it just you know it took us a while to work out how to use it, and then as soon as Kanon got his hands on it, it was um, you know it just seemed to became gold. Seemed, yeah, it just yeah exactly it just worked. Um, it is interesting when whenever you read interviews with bands like I don't know like U2 spring to mind they're always saying you know it's um, oh that's a song you know that we had back in the acting baby days but we never managed to get it to work 
and uh yeah so you always read you know about bands that have songs that are really old and then um you know i guess we're becoming one of those <laughs> hmm. no when when we first had the ep i think chris and i had long i don't we, we were quite we were relatively passionate as far as you know you know as far as far as we ever are about chris was vehement that stop for a minute should be the um you know if there was going to be a lead track from the ep it should be stopped for a minute because you know purely because it was just you know, your favorite hmm. but it, it was a toss-up between the two canine tracks but the th- looking back i've never quite it's got a strange thing that it's very euphoric and upbeat but at the same time actually it's very melancholic at the same time i yeah, can't I quite think tom's vocals are quite melancholic mm-hmm. i can't quite work out can't really get my um, head around the mood on that one so but yeah, i mean that that just sort of makes it more enigmatic i suppose and more interesting to be honest i always thought that the two tracks need to be released and be on the radio because they right. are such radio friendly songs that mm. um that you know i think with the you know whichever one came out first but i, I just you know i i just have always liked looking back from the very first time that you hear it i think people are you know of all the tr- the tracks people are just going to love that song yeah oh i'm glad um, i'm glad that it you know that it has it's always had quite an immediacy with for me um but it's interesting that you should say about a radio song because there there honestly are radio stations in the world that literally will not play a song if it has any rapping in it as a policy mm. and that is for me that's really quite a shock even if it's just a short section you know that's that's so you know i i th- i think stop for a minute it's a you know a great summer song so i hope it'll get you know some radio play because of that but it is it is amazing how pigeonholed and you know old-fashioned in a way some some of the sort of attitudes towards music are i guess that goes back to that thing earlier about not listening to a song because it's you know got some rapping yeah or whatever you know it's just you know i think it's it's time to worry less about those distinctions and just listen with your ears and see what you think is there any worry then that there are going to be places that this ep won't get heard because of the rapping people that it won't reach because of it i i don't know yeah i mean there the thing is we did do some other you know there are other there are there are other takes of things where there's you know canon singing so um it you know it may be that we drop in a a version with singing for you know a, the, a certain it's like censoring really, I mean, it's a, the, that's a radio one of the saddest things i've heard that's so depressing yeah well you know imagine being in the band that are doing it you know yeah. it's but it is a, a you know if you want people to hear, you know, better your music, they don't hear then, it at all. Yeah, well, that's that's the you're between a rock and a hard place, basically. So it mm. is kind, and that's what. It, and then hopefully, you know, people might go and buy the EP and actually hear the version that you know that was intended. But they, um, um, you know, it says what what you know what were they trying to save us from? It wasn't that bad after yeah. all. Oh, oh my god, I heard the rapping one and I and I died. Should we, no, move, should we move on to the last track on the yeah, EP? Yeah, my then? shadow, which is the the yeah. weakest track on the the EP, as we've uh, you know, the as shit I said filler before, song, not... my shadow. Um, yeah, Beth's out of here. She's taking the carrot cake. Um, my shadow. Yeah, I mean, it's weird how hindsight can be. I don't know. Things can be so different in hindsight. It's, you know, that's you know, that's probably the most obvious thing I've ever said, but 
when we were putting together the track listing for Perfect Symmetry, for some reason, my shadow just didn't seem in our heads to work in that context, even though we love it as a song. And um, and yet, the more time passed, the more we sort of regretted that in a way. And also, we started playing it live and people liked it and in, seemed to enjoy it. And... Um, so we thought we'd just release it for for the the bits of the world that hadn't got it previously. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's um, I love it as a track. It's it's so much fun to play live. It's quite difficult to play live, um, but you know it's a lot of fun. So I hope um, I don't know. I hope that if there's anyone who hasn't heard it who gets the EP, then hopefully they'll they'll like it. But it, like I said, it's an eclectic record you know it's a mixture of songs and and i think it it fits because it doesn't fit so there you have it night trend the eclectic new record from keen sounds pretty good doesn't it and of course it's not long before you two will be able to hear it for yourselves in the meantime please do let us know what you think about keen's brave new changes of direction by getting on our twitter at twitter.com slash beyond inc and mailing us at mailbox at beyond the inc.com can i not just send it in a letter in the post no you don't know where we live oh. well you do but they don't anywhere we'll be back soon with more keen on beyond the inc but until then goodbye